1: guys i'm jerry i'm sierra we're ladies and we tangent he's like i didn't want to know back then that animals died and i was like no (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah but you're so much more like empathetic like so he goes when would have been a good time to tell you that animals die so
1: then then he goes well okay mom i'm just telling you that when i have children of my own this is my son when i have children of my own i'm going to tell them that they just went to a better place and you better not say it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll let you parent how you want to parent. We'll see if you still feel like that. Yeah. How rude.
0: Yeah, well, those of you who missed the beginning of this story, Noah's mad that Sierra didn't lie oh, to him four know. years ago. Are we starting? We. I mean, that was, a. I don't know. I thought that was a good story to include, but we don't yeah, have to.
1: Yeah, so, so uh, I had a kitten that passed away she, first of all, I t- he said, why didn't you warn me? And I was like, I didn't know she was going to die. <laughs> no one has like that much of a heads up. And she was a rescue kitten. So, I mean, I guess that I should have known there was some, there was a possibility. A risk. Uh, and she was also like.
0: So here's a history of <laughs> rescuing kittens.
1: I love, I love rescuing animals. <laughs> it's just the best. That meme of. She was the only one that passed away. Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will say that. The meme of the Tarzan um i'm your mother now (laughs) i'm i'm its mother now that's sierra with kittens
1: yes seriously we have a lot of
0: stray cats around here
1: yeah um and if i just i i don't know i have a soft spot for cats because i feel like cats get the shaft everybody loves a dog but i feel like people see stray cats and they're like oh yeah and so i want to be like "Mm, Mm -hmm. i'll take you in anyways it died and then noah was upset with me because you told him That it died. Well, I thought that was the best thing to do. I was like, and I said that it went to heaven, even though I'm not even sure if I believe in that. But I was like, this is going to soften the blow. The cat's in a better place. Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, just really wish you would have told me it went like to a farm or something. (laughs) And I was like, okay, well, next time an animal dies, I'll lie to you.
0: Well, I know that Shane's parents said that to him
1: they said my parents said it to me and it devastated me when i found out yeah
0: same thing because shane was like why can't we just get it back then Mm -hmm. like it 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 leaves the ambiguity that like the animal's still there or
1: something well that's what i want to be like no i don't think you remember yourself four years ago (laughs) but you would not just have let it go if i would have said it went somewhere you would have been very angry at me yeah
0: i understand now emotionally you're kind of aware but (laughs) you'll thank me later
1: okay yeah He's just Um, that kind of kid. I love him, but good.
0: Hey, this is future Jerry and Sierra, like literally almost half an hour into this. We just want to give a heads up that some really intense things are going to be discussed Um, assault, emotional abuse, toxic relationships. So if these are topics that are triggering for you, please skip this episode. Do what you need to do for your mental health. We will never, we always want to prioritize your health and well being over our content. So we just wanted to give a heads up before we go any further with this. Yeah. So, okay. We did just start hot and heavy there. We never yeah. even went, what's, what's up the- everyone? What? <laughs> Hello.
1: Hello. Sorry for some, you know, Shane wanted wanted <laughs> talk.
0: <laughs> Sorry about that. Early on your Tuesday morning. <laughs> Shane wanted us to do um, an intro to so he could get our levels and Sierra started telling me that story. Yeah. And then he just like <laughs> Left. turned on the camera and walked away, <laughs> which now... I hope I never got to see it. <laughs>
1: Do you want to check?
0: No, I'm sure it's fine. I trust my husband. Are you sure? I trust my husband. I trust my husband. So we just posted a TikTok and I don't know what this says, but Chicken My Wings made a comment and <laughs> it's like five comments long. Chicken My Wings, I don't know if you're a listener or not, or if you just <laughs> found us on TikTok and you're just a follower there. Um, but. This seems like an intense story that I just wanted to read now to you. Okay, I, I only read the first sentence and it says in fifth grade, I was in a portable toilet. Okay. That's all I read. Okay, let's hear it. And I felt like I should just read the rest right now. Yes. Okay, in fifth grade, I was in a portable toilet and someone knocks and I scream, who is it? And the kid responds their name. I panic and go, I think you have the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes... Oh I think I know who you are And I hear a woman say something and he goes Mom I know her I'm like holding back tears and it goes silent <laughs> And I hear I'm going back to the bleachers as if he wants me To come out and find him And I'm still traumatized by this Experience oh, What no. a strange Interaction so- Did she know the boy I don't know Chicken my wings never elaborated <laughs> I didn't even know what TikTok this was on because I just saw a comment popped up and I clicked on it because it had like four things under it. I'm like, this is a story. But now I realize it's on the TikTok where we were talking about what you say when people knock on the door. (laughs) Hello. Yeah. And apparently someone acted like they were looking for her. (laughs)
1: That's so weird.
0: So, so weird. Anyway. Uh, It's funny. Yeah. So. What's up with you? You know, just. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to tell you something and I totally forgot. Um, So when I went to Michigan, Mm -hmm. I, we had that little bit of a family vacation before where we like stayed two days at the beach and I had a swimsuit and I haven't like, per I haven't gone like intentionally swimsuit shopping because I've been pregnant for like four years straight. Sure. So I've had just like the same maternity swimsuit that mm-hmm. I just wore over and over again. Well, this year I am like trying to embrace my body yep. and I bought a pair of high waisted bottoms and I was I like, those. I, I it was like kind of high cut too. Yeah. So I felt like it was trendy, but like also was going to kind of mask my insecurity yep. because like I told you, my, my. My bag, I'm not super comfortable with.
1: <laughs> I feel that
0: like there's a part of my stomach, like where crop tops hit, that I'm fine with. Yep, and then like when I have my underwear on, I'm even fine. But yep. there's just like a little line <laughs> where like Forrest sat. Yep. <laughs> That I'm like, this is that's now a hammock. <laughs> okay. That's what it looks like. I feel that. So that I'm I'm insecure about my hammock. Mm-hmm. So the high waisted mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> bottoms cover no, they're, it. They're so good. I love them.
0: So I went to Target because we're the type of people and by we I mean me.
1: who's we in this situation
0: I don't plan well
1: oh well then Um, we
0: (laughs) yeah but while we go to the lake we literally go to Michigan knowing that we're going to go to the lake you
1: didn't bring a swimsuit?
0: no I brought the swimsuit but we didn't bring towels we didn't even bring like life jackets for the kids I've done that
1: before when I went to the beach I was like well I know I'm gonna get halfway there and be like I'm missing something and then I checked like 14 times I even overpacked. Yep. and then halfway to the beach I went ah fucking beach towels
0: lost all left everything okay yep. so i decided to go to target to get some essentials for us and while i'm there <laughs> i go to the swimsuit section mm-hmm. and this target had just opened like it it barely some of the aisles had nothing in it right. but it did have a few suits and so i found these bottoms that now that i think about it i don't know why i purchased them <laughs> but i thought that they were high cut so okay. i thought okay they're gonna come up high enough to hide my hammock yeah but they were like tied on the side they were gonna oh. be like very bay watchy like high on my hip but yeah, i'm like yeah. okay i'm into that yeah as long as you hide my fucking hammock
1: that's the only part i don't want people to see
0: I realize I have a problem at looking at a piece of clothing and thinking it's going to do something different on my body <laughs> than it actually is. I put this swimsuit on and I was like, oh my God, I might as well be naked. <laughs> For real? Yeah. And then I I have this other problem where instead of just being like, you know what, I'll cut my losses, I am like, you've made your bed lie in it. And so I wore it. <laughs> I, I was basically wearing a thong <laughs> to this wall. <laughs> Michigan th- children, <laughs> yes, which is why the sand flies
1: was such a nuisance to me because basically my labia was in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> what are sand flies? They're flies
0: that, but they bite. Oh, like bite? They oh hurt? No, yeah. are they
1: in the sand or just around it? Around the sand. <gasps> yeah, and this is like for lakes.
0: I don't know. I know. Oh. I know that it's at that lake, but it, it's like the the um. I don't know if they're called sand flies we called them sand flies yeah. but they're like the flies that are on like horses or like buffalo where Horse you like there's their <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah oh my god Mm-hmm. Ouchie. mm-hmm. wow well. also
0: i had another thing happen at a wedding that i wanted to tell you okay so i was taking photos remember how we started one episode off with a gross guy story yeah. here's another gross guy story yay Hey, these were I, ta- I was taking photos. All by the way, I do not tell stories from weddings immediately after they happen because I want to give time
1: to whoever's wedding it was. Yeah. yeah. So
0: that people can't figure out what wedding it was. Yep, that's smart. <laughs> because a lot of weddings have cake. Yep. Okay, this wedding had cake. So they had a whole cake table with cupcakes and stuff. And I am taking photos of the dessert table and this man is standing behind me and he's just standing there. <laughs> and I said, oh, excuse me. Sorry, did you want to grab something? You can go ahead and grab whatever. Like, I'll I'll frame it so you can't tell the stuff's missing. And he goes, well, I'm trying to figure out what looks best. You or the cupcakes. No. And I was like, <laughs> and... I'm
1: doing a job. Oh,
0: and then he said the thing that you love for men to say, and that's...
1: Why don't you smile more? Yep. <laughs> hold
0: yep. on. Hold on. Let me just punch something real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, he goes, what do you think about that? You should smile more. What do you think about that? Try to figure out what looks better. You are the cupcakes. What do you think about that? You should smile more. I think oh, I'm about to freaking
1: castrate you. My That's what I think. God, that makes me want to Mm-hmm do you ever say that to men i think i'm gonna start <laughs>
0: <laughs> that i'm gonna castrate them no. <laughs> or that they should smile more Both,
1: but yeah i think i'm just gonna start it, my own little social experiment and see mm-hmm. how i rate they get if i'm like you know what you should really smile more yeah why do you look I'm so good. sad yeah i used to get that at my job as a i server. don't want to give them any
0: more reason to talk to me
1: no well yeah good point <laughs> i used to as a server and a bartender and by the way if you've ever served or bartended, you have to be nice to your tables. But like when you're running in between, I'm not going to fucking walk around with a smile on my face like I'm right. a lunatic. Like, and I'm also not happy to be there. <laughs> well, like, let's be real. Even at weddings, like
0: I enjoy my job, but you're I, focused. You're yes. in work mode. Yeah.
1: I'm not sitting here smiling like, dude, there's a thousand
0: moving parts that I have to be aware yes. of. And like the DJ at that wedding, um, he kept getting on the microphone and saying, we need Jerry to the head table. Can Jerry come to the head table? We're going to do speeches. I'm literally standing at the head table and I'm like looking at the bride going, why the fuck is he saying my name? (laughs) I'm calling me here. I'm already present. It just made me feel like I wasn't doing my job, When I'm like, hey, buddy, I've been here. here."
1: You're not doing your job because you're not paying attention. I knew the order of events and I'm one step ahead of you, boy. Oh my goodness. Can I tell you for the people who are like, Well, then how are men even supposed to talk to you? First of all, don't. Don't. (laughs) But second of all, if you want to have like some kind of an interaction with a woman, Mm -hmm. if you want to compliment her, let me tell you how someone did it right. When I was in Myrtle Beach, we were at a buffet area. Mm -hmm. It was very nice. Everybody had gloves and masks on. I was like, this is what we should be doing. Yes. Probably everywhere. (laughs) But anyways... um. There was an older man, I want to say probably 60s, mm-hmm. and he was beside me and he saw my belly. Mm-hmm. Now, I had no makeup on or anything. I had like just come from the beach and we were at kind of a nice place, but I really wanted all you can eat crumb. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I don't care. We're going here. And he was like, come here. Come here. You get in front of me. You get in front of me. Is that at the chocolate found <laughs> 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 I've already eaten all my crab legs. I wanted dessert. Yep. And he goes, she looks like, or he said something like, <laughs> she looks like she, she needs chocolate. <laughs> he said something like, um, get out of the way. She needs chocolate or something. Like, uh-huh. it's a joke. And I laughed at it because I knew he wasn't being mean. Yeah. And then he goes, I'm not trying to be weird. But you, you know, they say pregnant women glow. You're really glowing. That's so And kind. that was it. And then he never spoke to me again. Yeah. He said it turned around back to his wife who was standing right there and then yeah wa- he they didn't say away. like
0: that whole baby thing is really working for it's you it's really
1: doing you good girl <laughs> trying to figure out what's more
0: delicious you or that fondue <laughs> i was like fond don't <laughs> yeah fond f- go off. fond
1: fuck yourself <laughs> but it was like a night I was like oh my god the way that you just complimented me didn't make me feel creepy at all right and it wasn't even the words because I wish you guys could have seen the interaction it's it's so much more than the words that they say it's like how close they're standing to you yes
0: that man was right behind me I could already tell oh and he touched my he touched my shoulder of course he did like ha 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 you should think this is funny how do you how do you feel about what I'm doing to you right now (laughs) I was like I feel like this is a breach of my contract <laughs> and I'd like to go home.
1: Oh God!
0: It is such an uncomfortable situation for it to happen at a wedding, and it happens often. Like I well, was at another wedding at
1: job because you don't want to break. I feel like we're all in character when mm-hmm. we're in work mode. You don't want to break character, but you also want to be like, "Are you kidding me?" Well, when these, I'm trying to work, this is a place where I'm working
0: for a client, and everyone there is, is loved, loved by the client. Exactly. So, like, it's it's a really strange thing because yes, they hired me, but at the end of the day. I'm a vendor and I hope that they would trust me to know that like, if I'm uncomfortable with the situation, it's because it was a bad situation and not because I'm just, I don't know, whatever. Right. But, if they love, love this person and I'm like, this person is making me feel uncomfortable. What? Are they, whose side are they? I don't know whose side they're going to be on. It's just such mm-hmm. an uncomfortable place to be. Like there was a guy following me around at a wedding and he kept fanning me. No. First of all, in these times, don't follow me around. Yeah. Give me, give me space. In these okay? times, in all times. <laughs> yeah. Quit following people, you fucking, we're not ducks. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, I know that they're drunk. Yeah. I know that he was drunk. Oh,
1: God. People but he, he was
0: worst. fanning me and he just kept telling everyone he goes i'm fanning the photographer i'm fanning the photographer and i'm <laughs> like, like he, the photographer doesn't want to be fan like he thought
1: he was being so funny like yeah look how quirky and funny I and be. then he kept
0: telling everyone that he taught me everything i knew and I he's like you. she she i taught her how to do this she she learned everything from me and i'm like no i fucking didn't i don't know who you are
1: <laughs> see now if he you knew him i feel like that could be a funny exchange yeah but you're a stranger You're a literal
0: stranger, (laughs) and you keep coming up and fanning me with something, and I don't know who you are or why you're so close to me.
1: That really sets a fire in my fucking
0: uterus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's like, we've talked about before the whole not all men thing, but I don't know you. Yeah. And my trauma, which is in there, that I have had negative experiences with multiple men over my entire life makes me unsettled with you. I yes. was reading, um, remember when I told you guys I was reading the book, uh, What Happened to You? When I read things, I read slowly. <laughs> like real slowly, like two paragraphs in a day <laughs> and then not again for three weeks. <laughs> so I was reading something today and they were talking about generational trauma. Uh-huh. And one of the things they were talking about was a fear of dogs and how there are some just gonna, people. I
1: was going to use this analogy. You
0: were? Yes. They were talking about how people who've never even had a negative interaction with a dog could have a fear of a dog. Mm-hmm. And especially especially in POC communities, they dogs were used yes. against black people yes. forever. Yes. One to hunt them when they during slavery yep. and then during protests they were used yep. as attack dogs. So like even if you didn't have a negative experience, if your are a child's parent Mm -hmm. had a negative experience let's say like during the civil rights movement they might when they see a dog like squeeze your hand a little bit tighter and now you learn that's a fear response now i'm afraid of that dog and that just that's how it can go down a generation
1: not to mention um i just learned this in my child psychology class but i don't know if you can put it at the same Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, the the fetus wouldn't know, but there are certain things. So if like you hear a dog barking and then the mother's body releases that hormone, that cortisol, which is Mm -hmm. a stress hormone, and the the fetus will feel it it and hear it and then respond to that outside of the room and release those. Got it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. Anyways, go on.
0: Yeah. I have a fear of men yeah because of my past experiences it's innate in me it lives in me and so my body all the time sorry you have to prove to me that you're not a scary person yeah
1: I mean and you should I I, I feel like all of them should know that some I'm
0: not saying I'm gonna be a bitch to you I'm not saying I'm gonna like not want to be in a space with you but I am on alert I am like hyper aware if
1: you're following me that's a problem. Yes. It's I don't because, care how like, oh, this guy, he's such a jokester. I don't know you. And I, I had to walk him. to
0: my car by myself mm-hmm. in the dark. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, someone who's funny. The guy who assaulted me was funny all night until he wasn't. You I was going mean? to say
1: literally, that's the thing, too, about people who have been assaulted. Or like a, a lot of times it, it switches like that. Yep. That's what's so scary about it. Wow, this is going to lead really well into the yeah. topic that we're going to talk about. But it is... It's like that um, Jekyll Hyde situation. And that's why we are on high alert. Even if you seem like you're joking, even if you seem like you're being funny, because nine times out of 10, the trauma that we've endured, <laughs> it started out that way. Right. And then it switched quickly. Yeah. And not in enough time for us to be able to get away. Right. So,
0: yeah, the topic that we're doing today um, is trauma bonding and love bombing.
1: Yeah. Well, mostly trauma bonding. Yeah. Um, Love bombing is actually stage one of the, there's like seven stages to develop a trauma bond. So So it's going to be be a little bit of both. We'll talk about
0: it. So, um, Yeah. That's what we're talking about today.
1: <laughs> I didn't necessarily
0: know that that was going to be a transition into it, but
1: it really, it w- really worked
0: out well. There we, we love a segue, <laughs> love don't a segue. we? I feel anxious. Did now. I ever
1: say? Was I? Did I ever ask about the segues? Aren't those the thing that are like? Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> you, you did. Still a question? Did we ever answer that? <laughs> they, I don't know if there's still a thing or not. Okay. Mm.
1: <laughs> okay. Every time you say it, I'm like. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the book um, I'm going to be using is called Trauma Bonding, Understanding and Overcoming the Trauma Bond in a Narcissistic Relationship. It is written by Lauren Kozlowski, Mm -hmm. and she's written a lot of books like this. I'm not 100% if she is... um, has a degree in any kind of she was in a very abusive relationship and she's been
0: so she's writing more from her experience Mm, yes and potentially we don't know her education yes um
1: but she does talk about that she's led support groups and things like this so she does have like a background in this and i do want to say
0: again before we get started that like if you have narcissistic personality disorder like obviously every disorder can have it's uh really tough traits yeah and we don't ever want to further stigmatize some of these disorders that have like a really neg- negative connotation so unfortunately npd um does sometimes lend itself to really terrible things yeah but we do want to say that like just because someone is diagnosed with this doesn't mean that they're a bad person doesn't mean and you know also
1: you can develop a trauma bomb with anybody not just with somebody who it has a narcissistic personality right. disorder and it, you're an abusive relationship can be with anybody you don't right. have to be a narcissist or any right you know so I always just want like to like
0: mention it because yeah. I know that Her narcissists husband, are so like yeah Um. it's such like a buzzword now yes. that I always want to just take a minute to like mention it because Thank I wouldn't ever want to villainize any mental disorder or um, diagnosis, just because if we're trying to destigmatize everything, we need to destigmatize everything. Agree. So, anyway, okay.
1: Yes. So, again, I'm just going to focus on the trauma bonding, not the other part. She writes about that because she has a series of books focusing on that because that's the relationship that she was in with her right. spouse. Again, if you want to, um, feel free to read them. I did check double check with like actual psychologists um on everything that she says science wise and it all is correct checks out so i wanted to make sure that that i'm like am i just reading like a woo woo <laughs> book no. yeah
0: we love a woo-woo book we as well do, though
1: but i like to double check to make sure like how woo are we <laughs> mm-hmm. um okay so we're gonna start out to see if this is the right if any of these questions that I'm about to ask you or not even questions. I think they're more so just like if you exhibit these behaviors, this topic might be right for you. So number one, you know that your partner or ex is abusive and manipulative, but you can't seem to be able to let go of them. You give a lot of thought to the many incidents of abuse you've endured. You engage in bouts of self-blame and the abuser is the negotiator of your self-esteem and self-worth. Despite the pain and hurt they make you feel. Letting go isn't something you feel capable of. By the way, I just wanna say early, you're gonna hear this a lot, that is so, so, so normal. Like, I see so many times on our Fanjits page people being like, I can't let this person go. My ex, he was a terrible person. We, I still think about him all the time. I feel so guilty. I hope that this helps you release some of that guilt and shame that you feel because that is such a normal feeling. Um, And there is literally a science and a chemical reason behind it. That's the reason why we wanted to talk about this. Hey guys, we know that we're discussing a pretty heavy topic right now, but we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Sorry, I know, I know, (laughs) I know. It's just, it's It's really weird.
0: Um, but yes, I am getting emotional because, like, even though it's been twelve years Mm -hmm. since I've been out of my toxic relationship, like Mm -hmm. I. It's still when you when you I still invalidate myself that it was a toxic relationship. Oh, and so when you ask these questions, it, it's like I'm being validated in a way that I've never because I've, I haven't even we've had way too many things Barbara and I to talk about that we've not <laughs> even discussed. Yeah. My toxic relationship.
1: Yeah. Um, well, that's in it was mine was such a big part of my life as well but there's still so much that i feel like guilty about Mm -hmm. or i cried the whole time i read this yeah and i read it twice yeah so (laughs) i cried both times like to hurt yourself (laughs) i did well i wanted to really understand it but also i I like to make sure adhd hi but sometimes i miss things i read too quickly yeah i just skim um that's like my brain goes on autopilot yep. but i will get it but yeah. then the second time through i'm like why well, i missed that whole fucking paragraph <laughs> time. okay number two you often walk on eggshells and attempt to try to appease or please your abuser despite the fact that they give you very little in return apart from perhaps a few crumbs of affection you find tiptoeing around them is something you have to do in order to keep the peace for your search for normal normalcy you feel like you're addicted to them. You seek out their validation and approval and you feel like you need this from them as if it acts as some as a source of comfort for you. Their approval is a shelter of comfort, particularly after incidents of abuse. This indicates a strong psychological attachment to the abuser. I can feel if my chest gets like
0: <laughs> very red and splotchy.
1: <laughs> Understandable.
0: <laughs> um Did we mention that this is probably not just for romantic relationships? That's
1: important to say, too. This is it could be a friendship. It could be a parent relationship, sibling relationship. Yeah. um, Yeah. Coworker. Yep. Boss type of. Yes. You find that you defend your abuser and keep their wicked side a secret from others. You might have been in a situation where you've refused to press charges against your abuser or you've defended them against those who tried. Sorry, this one's hard for me. Um, or you've defended them against those who tried to tell you that they're toxic In all likelihood you perhaps even prevent your relationship as a happy one to your peers and family attempting to minimize their abusive tendencies. You may also find that you exaggerate any positive behaviors they offer out occasionally in an attempt to show your abuser in their best light. Should you attempt to leave the abuser, you find that you always give in to the abuser's fake remorse, their pitiful crocodile tears, and their promises to change in the future. Despite the pattern of abuse and its toxic cycle being clearly evident, you grasp onto misplaced hopes that things might eventually get better. I also want to say, statistically, it takes a victim seven tries to permanently leave an abusive situation. This is a big reason why and also resources like I never want to shame people for going back to their abusers. It took me so many times of leaving to finally get away for good. I mean years worth. Right. So I, I want people to keep that in mind, too. You're not a failure if you go back. It's understandable. um, And that doesn't mean that you won't eventually get out. Right. You may have developed some self-sabotaging behaviors and could engage in some forms of self-harm to dissociate yourself from the pain of your abuse. You may also find that you're prone to engaging in other self-sabotaging behaviors, such as heavy drinking or taking drugs, and this is often to mask the profound sense of shame caused by the abuse. You are prepared to lower your standards for this toxic person. You accept what you previously believed was unacceptable. This happens time after time, and you may find that as the abuse continues, you accept more horrific and damaging abuse each time. You change your behavior and personality in an attempt to meet the abuser's ever-moving goalposts. This is something that abusers do very often to keep you on your toes. It's always not good enough, not good enough, not good enough, and then they do this on purpose. Despite the fact that the abuser rarely, if ever, changes their behavior to please you. So, if any of those resonated with you, it's most likely because you have formed a trauma bond with somebody. So, let's talk about what a trauma bond is. I'll tell you, like, that was...
0: (laughs) uh, Thank you for taking the time to read that and go through it twice. and Because I know that that's a very intense... um, thing for you it's if you are listening to this and finding it hard to stay present yeah (laughs) uh, I feel you I feel like some of the things it was like when you were reading certain things my mind was pulling memories immediately of moments where I with multiple different people felt like I was living in those experiences and my my fight or flight was triggered and my body was like, I must go.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> I must be- leave this conversation. I can't be here right now. Yeah. Wasn't well, it like fight, flight, freeze or there's one fawn. more? Fawn. Oh God, I'm a fawner.
0: You are a fawner. Oh,
1: I can't help it. You're a little deer. a little fawn. <laughs> this is the part that gets me. This is the part I love because there is a science behind why you are like this with this person because I want to say that for me... The most embarrassing part when I got into my relationship and I want to say, first of all, um, abusive relationships never start out abusive. No, So that's we'll get to that with love bombing. But that always bothers me when I see and I'm I'm guilty of it, too. I was before I knew anything about anything. I would be like, why would she even stay? Or if it was so bad, like you don't go out with a guy on a first day or a girl and they punch you right in the face and you're like fuck I want to spend 7 years with this person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. There is a reasoning behind why you stay with that person and it's it's because for a very long time they hid that side of themselves from right. you. So if you're not in an abusive relationship, if you are watching a loved one in an abusive relationship, I pl- please, I want you to keep that in mind when you think of things like why would she why would she, why would he, whatever. Yeah. There, Number one, there's a science behind it. And number two, it's because it's a very long thing that's occurring that cre- is creating this bond.
0: And this is tough, too, because um, there's this idea that... I don't know how I want to say this. It's hard because people feel like um being supportive of them means being present for them yeah and i think that's something that you and i've talked about a lot because mm-hmm. people have romanticized our relationship yeah during that time yes when it it was really bad for you yeah um and me being there for you yeah. actually meant that our relationship was really really strained mm-hmm. um to the point where we didn't speak for a year yep. we talked about in our our first Q&A yeah. that we weren't always this close yeah. and um it we've had people ask us like well how did Sierra get out mm-hmm. what what did you do and and why aren't you as supportive of other people as you are of Sierra my support for Sierra and people's support for me in getting out of my relationship yeah. didn't look like being present all the time. No, it is a lot to ask someone to stand next to you
1: while while you're, you're trying
0: that. to get out. Yeah, I know that you need support. I know that the worst thing that you can do is be isolated. But in a way, it's another toxic relationship. Yes,
1: and sometimes it helps to be isolated because when I was isolated. I and and then that abuse would occur. I remember the last time it occurred because every time it did, I always had someone to turn, turn to. To be like I would go and stay at my mom's house or I would go and stay at a friend's house. I stayed with my friend Kristen like for 3 days after the one that was really bad. Um eventually those people stop being there for you and so the last time that it happens and you realize you have nowhere to go, um that was a point for me where I was like, I have to get out or I'm going, I'm not going to survive this. Right. Like eventually this is going to get so bad and now I have nobody. And so that was the best thing that you could have done, that anyone could have done. I, It was nice because I knew that people still loved me, but they were like, I can't keep enabling yeah. what's going on now. I'm not saying that if somebody comes to you, obviously, please give them shelter. But if it's something like that. Well, and that was something resources. I told you as well. Like
0: when Shane and I yeah. were house hunting, I was trying to make sure I found somewhere that if she ever said to me, Jerry, I'm ready. I need somewhere to stay. Yeah. I could say I have a place. Yes. Um, but I couldn't. Um. You weren't ready. Yeah. You weren't ready there. to be honest. You weren't mm-hmm. ready. Like, um. And so you can't force someone to be ready because it's also scary. It's you have to be prepared and you can't force someone to be prepared. You can't. It's not your life. Like it wasn't my life. I couldn't say Sierra, get out because was I prepared to make sure you didn't fall flat on your face? Like, no, I I couldn't do that for you. Exactly. So,
1: and a lot of these people are financially dependent on their abusers. There's a codependency level there. That's deeper than the, the trauma bond, but the trauma bond is a big, big part of it. But, Just keep in mind, um, I don't know, there's so much, every situation is different, so I don't want to say like a one-size-fits-all thing, but if you're in an abusive relationship, understand that people don't really have to stick around and see you be in that. I mean, that sounds terrible, but... Well, it's traumatic for them as well
0: to see someone that they love. And they don't It'd feel helpless. And you know? they
1: don't need to subject themselves to potentially being in the abuser's way as well. Right. You know what I mean? If you tell them that you're leaving and that's fine, but then you keep going back. And yep. then you, this is what would happen to me. Every time I would go back, the person that I, he knew had helped me out that time, he would sabotage our rela- relationship mm-hmm. then. And I would let it. I would let him because I was in the stage of the the bond where I was, like, loving the attention that he was giving me because he won me back, quote unquote. And so I would be like, you know what? You're right. They are. Yeah. Whenever my mom does that stuff, it's because she doesn't love me and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. You know what I mean? I just let him dig that wedge because at that point I didn't want to lose him so much that I didn't care. What he yeah. did to any of my other relationships. Mm-hmm. And here's the scientific reason behind that. So at, from a biologic standpoint, the bonds we develop in life originate from an infant development. OK, like our dependence on someone for our survival when we are an infant, Um, that being like a, a primary caregiver or a parent. Yeah. Something like that. That survival is the primal foundation of human attachment. So when our safety is threatened by trauma or anything, naturally we want to turn to our caregiver. Yep. As we grow older, um, that person who offers support provides protection, care shifts from being our parents into being a spouse or a loved one, Mm -hmm. most likely. Um, So when this type of bonding occurs, oxytocin is released in your brain oxytocin is what is released when you give birth when you um sometimes when you're breastfeeding things that when you have sex Mm -hmm. things that bond you like that that's oxytocin being released so it's called the love hormone
0: i think it would also be very confusing for those of us who were spanked growing up because we were literally hit by our caregivers yes and then told it was for our own good yes and yes. then we were made to love and forgive. They told us it was out of love and yeah. then we were made to forgive them. Yep. And sometimes apologize ourselves for making them do it to us. You made me them. hurt.
1: You made me hurt you. Right. Yes. If
0: you would just do better, you wouldn't be hit.
1: Yeah. And so, again, we, What I'm not here to start a spanking debate, but that is why I, I will never. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I'll never yeah. hit my child because there's, there's, you're teaching your child that the people that love them hit them. Right. And that they're supposed to accept their forgiveness when they say, I'm sorry. And I don't they ever do.
0: And I don't. Right. And I don't think that people think about that in the same way, because we we want to think that there's a separation between yeah. it, but there's
1: not. And that children need trained like dogs, right. which is not correct. Also, don't hate your dogs. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like people are like, oh, I can train my child. So I'm doing that to train them. But you're not. That's right. not how that works. And I know
0: that that was. I know that that was how people believed that you parented and how you created a a respectful child and so that's what was passed down generationally like this is just what you do i was spanked and i turned out fine and yep. so now i spanked so that they'll turn out fine yeah but that's it's just not how it works and, and the it, the line gets too blurry and very much so. i feel like this connect is connected it,
1: it is um so a lot of times then when this uh, the abuse occurs, we turn to the person who caused the abuse because they are our caregiver. And as humans, we have a tendency to try to make sense of our experiences. So th- we work exceptionally hard to rationalize the disharmony between our abusive partner's caring r- behavior and then their harmful actions to us. So the attempt that we do at, at rationalization strengthens that toxic bond. Because abusive partners will promise to change, and then, and then a lot of times they manipulate, manipulate to, Thank you. Manipulatively. Thank you. Well tend. <laughs> Is that the word you were looking for? That's okay. it. Will tend to the wounds that they created. Mm-hmm. Whenever we are the so most they cause hurt. the problem
0: and then become the savior.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to tell a story. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Real quick.
1: Okay. To explain this. Um. To give an example. I'm gonna tell a story that I've never told, except to you.
0: You I know it. You know it. Okay.
1: Uh, but not a lot of people know it because I lied a lot about it. Okay. But I think this is important. And also, I'm not afraid to, to tell it anymore. Good. So the first time that something quote unquote physically abusive happened to me, it was an accident-ish. So the person that I was with was Super fucking drunk. Yeah. I was drinking that night as well. We'd all went to the bar. We'd all walked home. Um, I was in my underwear and a tank top and I was getting up to go to the bathroom. After we'd just ha- kind of been fighting, he was laying in bed beside me. Um, his friend was sleeping downstairs on the couch. Now, in his mind, in his drunk state, for whatever reason, because I was in a like underwear and a tank top, he thought I was going downstairs to mm-hmm. like sleep with. <laughs> yeah. I was going to the bathroom, which was in the next yeah. hallway down. And he got irate and started yelling and I was like turned around to yell back. And at that time that I turned around, he grabbed what was on the nightstand, which was a a big margarita glass and flung it behind him, not looking in the the. In his mind, what was supposed to happen was that it was going to smack against the wall and shatter and scare me into coming back to bed. Which is already toxic. It is, like, it is a manipulative, abusive thing to do. Yes. There, it's still abuse. Yes. well, It just got ramped up. He missed the wall and it hit me directly in the face. Right here. Like, boom. It knocked me back and I lost my vision for a while. And then blood started pouring out of my face. Like, hard. Because I was drinking the cut wasn't even that big, but it was it's a pretty yeah. whatever um he immediately switched gears, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. he started crying mm-hmm. he comes, he's cradling my head now at this point, he had been off and on cheating, and we were in like a really. He was not being very nice to me. So this attention that he was giving me was the first little bit of what he had given me in the beginning. And I I remember being like, oh, my God, he's back. And he had just smashed my cheekbone. I mean, like right. shattered it.
0: Yeah. You had a black eye. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. My eye was swollen shut for weeks. Yeah. I told people that I got into a car accident. I you told, told people me that, that a, I fell.
0: You I c- told me that a glass bowl fell on your face because well, I, I remember the day I saw you when you had your black eye mm-hmm. and I was upstairs in the bathroom with you. Shane was downstairs with Noah, I think. And I was like, what happened to your face? Mm-hmm. And you said, Oh my gosh, I went to grab a glass bowl. Cause I was drunk making macaroni and cheese and it <laughs> fell on my face. And this happened. And I was like, Oh, that sounds like you. Yeah. And I remember getting in the car with Shane and going, How fucking dumb does she think that I am? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How stupid does she think that I am?
1: Well, I don't know why I thought... I I couldn't find a good reason. So I ended up telling everybody a different story. And I think in the back of my mind that what I was doing was trying to get people to know the real thing. Yeah, But at the same time, I was so committed to this person. Now, after he did this... Because you didn't want people
0: to... Because in your mind, it was still an accident. And so you didn't want that moment to taint people's view of him.
1: And he was so caring to me afterwards he took off work for like a week intended to me hand and foot i mean like nobody has before ever i think he was fucking scared well he for sure was and he was he was doing this because he knew if i went to the hospital right that he was gonna get in big fucking trouble mm-hmm. but but this was all a part of the manipulation to have me stay and oh my god it's an accident it'll never happen again that was the first time that was not the last time that was not the worst time right
0: so because now too you feel responsible if he gets in trouble even though his actions are the thing that would have gotten him in trouble
1: well and here's the thing as well at that point i had lied to so many people that i cared about that if it came out then then he knew That I was so embarrassed because I lied to all these people Mm -hmm. that if he did it again, I wasn't going to fucking tell anybody because then that would have I would have to admit that I lied the first time. Right. And I didn't want to do that. My pride was too hurt. Yeah. And I didn't I just didn't want to do it. Um. So then they will make sure that you're isolated. Obviously, that's what happened to me again, because I had to tell all these lies. I started just because like sheltering myself away because the web of lies i had created was too big to i can't fucking have
0: stressful any of these people in the same room
1: <laughs> no it was so stressful yeah. and that's the other thing i don't get about him as a person he was so like such a good liar and he lied to so many people all the time and i want to be like how are you not always in stress like that's why I, I truly do think he's got some I know he has a, some kind of personality disorder and I'm not saying that this specifically is a bad thing and I won't even name which one he got diagnosed with. But the reason why I knew was because he was not phased by that at all. If anything that was like a level of excitement for me, that is such a stressful like being in a situation where I'm lying to multiple people right. with different stories. Oh, my God um to
0: him it was like a game it was a game and if he was able to untie the knots that he had made Mm -hmm. it was like a thrill to him yes
1: yeah it so um so another thing that they do is they'll create these insecurities about us about yourself um making you feel inferior to other women making you feel like you were stupid when you tried to apply to jobs or go back to school, making you feel like um, anything that you wanted to do career-wise or for a hobby was like something dumb or childish or anything like that. But in the same breath, they would be the people that would comfort you over Mm -hmm. those insecurities. Um, For me, he would constantly make me feel insecure around other women, slowly, and saying little things like, you know, just about yeah. them in front, like to his friends and then be like, why are you being so sensitive, blah, blah, blah. Yep. But in the next breath, then when I would wear something super revealing, because that's what happened. The more I was around him, I'm not uh, somebody who likes super tight revealing clothes. Right. But that's what he wanted. He wanted to show me off. So I started to do it because he would compliment me every time. Then I yeah. was suddenly like a prize and it was just gross. It was. See, that's gross. shocking
0: because mine was the opposite. He would make me feel inferior because he was habitually cheating on me right and so he would have a bunch of girls messaging him all the time Mm -hmm. and he would be like what do you want me to do like I can't help that I'm so desirable Uh and I'm like I don't I don't get it (laughs) I'm confused because like no one's talking to me right which in my head made me feel like he must be so far out of my league that like I'm so lucky to have him yes and so then I would feel like i needed to compete with these other people to keep his attention yes. and so i it would a,
1: it, for me it was almost a game as well yes like i want to
0: win yes i have to be so
1: the, and I, I didn't even want the prize the,
0: anymore <laughs> i just, just want to win. win but i would wear these outfits that i felt were either like similar to the girls who mm-hmm. were contacting him mm-hmm. or something that was quote-unquote like revealing to like show what i felt confident about and then he would tell me that i was being a slut (gasps) or that i like shouldn't wear that because who am i trying to impress am i trying to cheat on him am i trying to like why why would i wear these things and so then i would only wear like his clothes Oh, i remember that and like sweatpants and stuff like when i met shane yeah (laughs) i was only wearing my boyfriend's clothes at the time and he was like an double XL and I was a small like I don't care what your sizes are but I'm just saying like I was swimming in these clothes and I didn't I was intentionally doing everything that I could not Not to to get anyone else's attention because I didn't want to upset him and there I Shane and I talk about this all the time but there was a moment where we were in the lounge me my boyfriend and Shane and Shane was playing music for us Mm -hmm. and whenever Shane left I almost said his name looked at me <laughs> and he was like you like him you you like him don't you and I was like he's like my brother and at that point in time he truly was yeah. I, w- I had like blinders onto everything because I was so hyper aware yes, of people I that. was scared yes. to give him any indication that I was even remotely friendly with yes the yes and turns out uh he was right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
1: did I end up doing I'm gonna have babies with my brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Um here's where the dangers come from. I mean, aside from
0: everything else. <laughs> yeah.
1: But excuse me. A common side effect of experiencing abusive behavior is the overproduction of cortisol, which we talked about before, is the stress hormone. It's it's nature's very own built-in alarm to be like, whoa, this is not yeah. right. fight or flight type of thing. Um, it provides us with energy when we're faced with stress. Um, but too much of it can damage our immune system and make us more likely to pick up an illness, become more anxious, create high blood pressure. When I found out when I got diagnosed with Crohn's, I had the worst flare I've ever had. It sent me to the hospital and it was during this time. Mm. I hardly ever have them anymore. Yeah. It's very rare. I don't have migraines. Um, I was having seizures, which they told me were stress induced. I was just a sickly person Mm -hmm. all the time. And now I know it's because I was living in constant fear that cortisol was in my body constantly because I was in straight up survival mode, walking on eggshells all the time. And my immune system was shot to shit, like terrible. So that's, let's talk about now the seven stages. Okay. I'm sorry. Do we need a break? No, I'm okay. I just
0: like, it's reminding me, it's weird. I think we've talked about this before. It's weird to be on such a steady place after you have experienced highs and lows for an extended amount of time. Because it feels like life is supposed to be a roller coaster. It feels like you're supposed to have high highs and low lows. And that's why I think I get triggered when I see people um, make posts about their relationships. And they say things like, you know... Um, we fight like cats and dogs, and sometimes you make me so angry, and and we've hurt each other. But we, at our core, we love each other, and it's like
1: it's not supposed that, to be like that. No,
0: it, it's not supposed to be like that. And do it,
1: I fight with Shane? Yeah, yes, of course I do. Not like cats and dogs.
0: Not at all like what I, I am, used to experience. How at
1: home right now with dogs and a cat in it? Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> if it was ever like that, I would not be in it. Right, but well, I mean, we were
0: though, I and know. like. It it felt like we were, and I think part of it is because of what we saw on TV and and like what other we've relationships seen we've other seen relationships. in our life. Yep. And so when I would have these moments where I was crying myself to sleep all the time, or I felt so lonely or so confused or so just like emotionally drained, but then like I was high when it was good. It was. It feels weird to just be steady.
1: Plateau. <laughs> yeah, well, that was the first thing. I kept pushing Corey away in the beginning because I was like, this is giving me nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it wasn't that it was giving me nothing. It was just that, well. It was giving you security? (laughs) It was. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm actually going to talk about love bombing right now. So this is a very. So what is love bombing? Love bombing is when you are getting showered with love, affection, attention, validation. Um, It's used to draw you in. Oftentimes, they seem too perfect to be true in the beginning of the relationship, is literally almost fairy tale like. They dote on you. You feel utterly adored and cared for. The abundance of love and affection you receive in this love bombing stage is like nothing you've ever received before. So, here's the thing with these people, abusers, a lot of times they know that what they're doing is too much but they do it anyways mm-hmm. like normal people don't give you all of themselves right away there's there's sometimes like a you have to keep a wall up a yeah. little bit for yourself not abusers yep. they want to give you everything because they want you to to need them yeah to need that um that and i think that's why i got sucked you're releasing
0: in so badly to my because the my abuser was my first boyfriend yes. ever my yeah. first boyfriend ever and he's also the person i lost my virginity to so like n- i had both of those things yep to gluing you to this yes person. bonding me to him but because it was so full-on and so intense and when it was good it was like a lot a yes. fucking lot like showering me with so many expensive gifts Same. and books of text messages and all of these social media posts. Like there was all of these things.
1: Yeah. Like you are my world. Yes.
0: And then when I, there was a guy that I dated just like briefly before Shane and he didn't do any of that. (laughs) Neither did. Uh, Can you imagine Corey doing any of that? No, he would never. Shane's never even on social media, but like neither is Corey. When I was dating this guy before Shane, I would hang out with him occasionally We'd talk occasionally, but I broke it off with him Mm -hmm. because I felt rejected. I felt like he didn't like me because he was so just like
1: gradual. (laughs) That was literally with Corey. I, I ignored him like three times because I thought in the beginning of this thing, you're supposed to text and like, my abuser told me he loved me like straight off the friggin' bat, like without even, I mean, we might have hung out like two or three times, but it was like, boom, I love you. I want to spend my life with you. I want to introduce you to my mom, like your yes, date yes, kind of situation. And Corey was very much like, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Texting was very like, Mwah. <laughs> Just trying to get to know you. Yeah. Which is a normal thing. Yes. But to me, I'm like, um, why is he not obsessed with me yep. asking for pictures twenty four seven, blah blah blah. Like he was not like that at mm-hmm. all. He's not trying to hang out with me all the time. So then when he did, I was like, No, you don't even freaking. Why is he me.
0: texting me calling me misses his last name? Yes. All the time.
1: Constant why am I not waking up to good morning texts constantly yes. or full paragraphs about how why he could not sleep last night because Bouquets of,
0: me. of flowers at my door. Yes. I whenever I broke up. Broke it off with this guy, and I was like, Hey, I think we should just be friends. Like, I don't want to ruin our friendship. Um, I found out he was like shocked. Yeah. That this happened. He was like blindsided because he's like, I thought everything was going fine. But in my head, I'm like, You've not proposed after a week? (laughs) This is over for me. That's the other thing.
1: My abuser proposed without a ring four times. Mine too. Four times. We were secretly engaged. Me too. I was making lists of my bridesmaids and stuff because when yeah. it was good, that's what we did. I was, was remodeling after-
0: the house I was going to move yep. into after I dropped out of college for him. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Isn't it ridiculous? Yes. Ugh.
0: but the- I was living in a soap opera.
1: Yeah. A same. And it was exciting for me, yep. and that's why I stayed in it. Now I'd be exhausted. Oh, my God. If For me now, when I see people that are like, They show, like, look at my new boyfriend, and they'll put up a text, isn't this so cute? Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I hate that I'm like this, and I hope that is for some people it's not. But for me, I'm like red fucking flag. Well, red because flag.
0: because that's a trauma response for me. Yes. It's <laughs> like I that's triggering. I'm like that is love bombing. Yep, that is be- and not just always not always because Shayna sent me beautiful beautiful texts so has Corey. that I screenshot. But
1: Corey, I remember one time I said something about I had a dream about you last night. This was before we even had our first date. And he said it as a joke, but I said, I had a dream about you last night. And he was like, write it down and we'll put it in a book and read it when we're 50. And I was like, come on. Did you? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> you, you were like, that. I'm not going to know you I when did I'm 50. I screenshot that message. Okay. So I'm like, I'll keep that message at least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But you know me. I'm always yeah. like, I'll write something down. I wanted to start a <laughs> pregnancy journal. I just wrote it one entry in it the other day. I'm fucking almost ready to have her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um okay. So, after this person declares their love obsession, affection in the early stages, um a lot of times they will pick someone. These people are good at preying upon people who are naturally empathetic, who are trusting, who are um emotionally insecure, mm-hmm. who have some kind of dependency issues, like they're very good at seeing that. When I met my abuser, it was right after Noah's dad and I split up. And I was in a super low place. Number one, I had had a baby at a very young age. So a lot of people around my age were still like going to college. They looked their best self. I felt like I didn't. I had just had a child. Mm-hmm. Um, my- and you have always been
0: insecure about the way that you looked. Very much so. And also um, how you compared to other people yes. our age. Not just physically, but just like overall.
1: Yes, so when he swooped in, I had all of these and, and was telling me I was the most beautiful person he's ever seen, the funniest, blah, 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 blah. Like all of these things. I was like, You're a bartender. You see beautiful women all the time. And I'm what caught your eye. Yeah. Like I
0: remember we were in because we were in my bedroom. <laughs> I messaged him. I know.
1: Damn it. But it was because he was showing me attention all night. You were like, and look at like- what he's saying. And I was, I was like, like wow. I'm going to shoot my shot because yeah. he's well, got all of these girls hitting on him. And again, that was a competition thing. He had all yeah. of these girls hitting on him and I was feeling froggy because I was drinking and yep. I was like, I'm going to see if he... If well, I, I encouraged it too. Well, I know because I was, was like, he's funny. funny. I
0: think you guys would like go so well together. I think your personalities really complement each knew other. knew
1: him forever. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this other side of him. Me neither. He hit... He- that's the thing too with abusers is man, do they hide it so fucking well? Like they are good at tricking their victims, and they are good at tricking the world into oh, yeah. thinking that they are this good, good. Person. I know,
0: I know uh, someone who uh, people would be shocked to find out the things that he did. Yeah, um, because he was like in charge of. Uh, I don't want to get too specific. He had a very good job yeah no one would guess yeah. that this person had done the things that he did yeah it's, and he's sh- very wealthy that's the thing too is like you can't think that this pe- person's
1: gonna look like a certain mold because yes. Yes. they don't right hey guys we know that we're discussing a pretty heavy topic right now but we are going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors
0: i am obsessed with Clothes. Oh, yeah. It's a problem for me. It's a problem for my closet. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's why I'm so excited to be sharing newly with our audience because newly in the brands that they offer, but also they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility.
1: Plus the option to buy what you love. It's fun,
0: it's sustainable, and you can save because you get to try out a bunch of stuff that you like or maybe you're like, I don't know, maybe I would like this. And then you get it and you're like, I, I don't think that's for me. But there's no commitment to buy it unless you really do love it. And you're like, you actually can't have this back, Newly, mm-hmm. I'm keeping it.
1: Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six dials. But right now you can get $20 off of your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code. Tangents twenty. Just go to n u u l y dot com. That's newly with two u's,
0: and enter the code Tangents twenty and sign up to get twenty dollars off your first month.
1: That's n u u l y dot com. Newly with two u's with code Tangents twenty.
0: Newly subscription clothing rental.
1: Change your clothes. Do you think seeing a therapist or psychiatrist would be helpful, but you don't have the time to actually find one and meet with them? or afford them. Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable. Honestly, a lot of times you make that appointment at your appointment you already have. I don't know when I'm going to schedule my breakdown. I don't know when I'm going to need to talk to somebody. And with Talkspace, it's so nice because you can send messages to your therapist so you don't have to wait for your next session. Talkspace therapists can help with
0: any specific challenges that you might be facing. And it's the number one online therapy platform with licensed therapists and over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, substance abuse, relationship issues, so much more.
1: Plus, therapy can help you find the tools to cope in difficult times and just be a guiding light. So like maybe you're not going through something really intense, but you just have like, I don't know, a work issue or something going on with a friend of yours that you just need an outsider's perspective. And Talkspace is amazing for that. They also are in
0: network with most major insurers. So check in on that. Yeah, absolutely. If you got it.
1: Plus, as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $80 off of your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash tangents and enter promo code SPACE80. To match with a
0: licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash tangents and enter promo code SPACE80 to get $80 off your first month and show your support for the show.
1: That's talkspace.com slash tangents, promo code space 80. Ladies
0: and Tangents is sponsored by Claritin. Luckily for those that live with symptoms of allergies, you can live Claritin clear with Claritin D.
1: Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription
0: strength, allergy medicine, and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure
1: with ease. I will tell you, it's so funny because in my household, Corey recently was like, I think I'm getting a cold. I'm getting a cold. I'm getting another cold. I'm like, hey, babe, I think you have allergies. I Mm -hmm. think maybe you just need to pop one of these pills. And guess what? All of his symptoms went away. I'm like, "Mm, I don't think it's a virus. I think it's just weeds. (laughs) And I also know that whenever
0: I go to Sierra's house, my allergies kick into place because of a certain pet. It's so true. And thankfully, I'm able to enjoy all my time there. Now, just after I take a little Claritin-D, it yes. clears me right up. All my <laughs> symptoms are just like, what cat? cat?
1: <laughs> Claritin-D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. Get non-drowsy relief for
0: allergy symptoms with Claritin-D. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear.
1: Fast and powerful release is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even
0: need a prescription.
1: Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Spring vibes are in the air. And when you
0: bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming around your house. You probably want to smell them and
1: not your litter box. Mm -hmm. Thanks to Pretty Litter, you can. Seriously, nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. And I'm serious when I say that whatever magic is in those crystals, I cannot smell anytime. My cat will literally poop right next to me and I don't realize that she did it until I hear her litter box start going. It's
0: lightweight, low dust and one six pound bag works for up to a month.
1: Pretty Litter's crystals also change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat like urinary tract infections, kidney issues and so much more.
0: Which is super helpful since cats can't talk and that's a important information to have. <laughs> so true. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. I know
1: because whenever I go over to Sears, it's there. <laughs> (laughs) have some. Seriously, but it's so nice because I don't have to change it as much as normal, but I still have some on deck then whenever I do need it.
0: And you won't run out and you don't have to go to the store and carry around a giant thing of litter. Go to prettylitter.com slash tangents to save 20% on your first order and get a free
1: cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash tangents to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash tangents. Terms and conditions apply. See site for
0: details.
1: Love that for me. (laughs) Flex discs also
0: create 60% less waste compared to pads and tampons. So they are planet friendly.
1: And if you want to go with zero waste and have the planet love you even more, you can pick up the Flex cup, a reusable menstrual cup that Cosmo rated number one. The patented pull tab makes Flex the only cup on the market
0: that removes like a tampon. It's so easy. You already know how to use it. And you won't lose it.
1: Yes, which is very important. It's also disability friendly and made with beginners in mind. So when I say like this is easier to use than tampons, I really truly believe that. Well, this beginner is grateful for that. (laughs) Yes. It's also velvety soft and completely body safe and it lasts for years. So say goodbye to cramps put sex back on the table, and lend Mother
0: Nature a hand. Go to flexfits.com slash tangents and use code tangents for 20% off FlexDisc starter kits.
1: Or 10% off your first Flex Cup. Plus, you get free U.S. shipping. That's code tangents at flexflexfitscom slash tangents. Um, that brings us into stage two, which is trust and dependency. You begin to trust that they will love you unconditionally, always, and no, now you are dependent on them for validation because they are the only ones really giving it to you that much. Um, this abundance of lo- love bombing gains your trust and then you develop this dependency out of that. Healthy love and a healthy dependency are part of all nurturing relationships. That's good. But the kind of dependency that this person will manifest is going to be super unhealthy. You trust them so much that their opinion becomes the only source of validation that you care about. And this leads us into the next stage, which is one of the most harmful, I think. I
0: think that... Uh, part that you just read to can be an indicator for unhealthy relationships with family members as well, because Very much if you agreed. seek approval so desperately from your parents, yes. it can be an indication that you have um, an unhealthy relationship with them have trauma bonded with them
1: especially if this next stage comes in and the next stage is called the criticism stage Mm. so this the person will gradually reduce the amount of care and validation that they once gave you they start to criticize you and place heavy blame on you for things you have no control over and things that you've been doing this entire time but now all of a sudden not good enough not good enough and you're at fault for some reason for it because they expected more yes the demanding side starts to come out This stage. um, You didn't know they
0: expected more. Not until you're already in trouble. Because
1: you have been doing fine. They've been loving everything about you. And in your realistically, you haven't changed. But in your mind, you're thinking, well, goddamn, what am I doing wrong now? Right. This also, if you haven't listened, please go back and listen to our gaslighting episode because this is where gaslighting happens. This is where a lot of that emotional manipulation starts to take place where you start feeling crazy because you're like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Yeah, I thought I knew. Yeah, I thought Mm -hmm. this was going so well. Um, Before this, your abuser was a sturdy source of support and comfort, and now they're pulling away from you emotionally, and you can feel it. Sometimes they'll do it intentionally, and other times it's like a gut feeling. That feeling fucking sucks. Mm -hmm.
0: Especially if they are your main source of validation, and you don't know when you're going to get that validation again and that's the only thing that's keeping you from drowning that and it pulls away them
1: you're you panic yeah I which remember. is why we
0: push for intrinsic motivation so hard yes. it's why we talk about self-love so much Is because we don't ever want someone to be able to take that the way you love yourself and the way you view yourself away from you
1: yes Um, Because what makes this even more painful is that the criticism, nasty comments and blame that they heap on you is so foreign. And your spouse is always or partner or parents. Anything has always been so good to you that you believe what they're saying has to be true. Yes. Because why else would they say this? This person who loves you so much, who is your your person, your best friend. Like When I talk about my abuser now. Back in that time, he was my best fucking friend. Yeah. Like, I trusted him with everything. I told him everything. And in that, I know now that I was giving him fuel Ammo, because yeah. I was telling him all the things that made me insecure. And he was doing it so subtly at first that I didn't even realize by comparing me to these women who were younger than me, smarter than me uh, in college, yeah. you know, or... um. Funnier than me, or all, all of these things, and like by just slightly comparing them to me, I it was driving me to a point of like self loathing that I had never been yeah. to before. Ever. That was
0: one of the things when Barbara Dyke uh, had told me uh, that I had experienced emotional abuse. Um, I didn't know what it was, I had never heard of it before, so I looked it up. And one of the symptoms is you uh, don't you question reality, you have been told so many times that you are something that you believe. Like I was told so many times that I was like a bad person yep. um or an angry person or yes. a controlling person or an aggressive person that I thought that that's truly who I was. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I tried to believe that I was a good person or would work on my, um, managing my emotions i would always go back to well i'm never going to be able to manage them because i am explosive because i'm controlling because i'm xyz
1: yeah i told him about how i had been dealing with anxiety and especially depression and so it it became you're not a fit mother because you're depressed don't let anybody know sierra don't let anybody know they're going to take your child away from you if they knew how much you slept during the day they're going to take your child away from you it was constant 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 so he wasn't calling me a bad mom but he was saying right your he was playing health, seeds for yes, you to
0: figure out that to you... To be
1: like, oh my God, you're right. And in that way, I thought he can't leave because I can't be alone with my son. Right. I have a problem. It's not true. I was a fucking great mom. After, you are a great After mom. he was gone, thank you. I blossom. It makes so. Afterwards. It makes so much sense. So
0: now that you say that, I I was unaware of that. Yeah. But
1: so while I'm reading these things, are like coming back to me. Yeah. But yes. Go on.
0: Whenever um I went, I was still teaching. Whenever I had Ollie, and I went back to school for like three months before mm-hmm. I took my sabbatical and then left teaching. Sierra watched Ollie for me, and we had um a really intense conversation right before we started the podcast where I asked her if she ever forgave me for something that I had done. And she was like, of course, of course, I understand why you did that. Yeah. Um, I thought you thought I was a bad mother Mm -hmm. and you asking me to watch Ollie. I realized you didn't think I was a bad mom. I'm like, I never
1: that I knew that, that you did it. I never thought you were a bad mom. He had it planted in my head that everybody thought that I was a bad mom because of my mental health issues. No. And everybody was secretly talking about how I couldn't do it on my own financially because I wouldn't be able to afford food. Um, Food stamps exist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or. And there's no shame in it. And there is absolutely no shame in it. But, you know, because I couldn't find people to watch him or I'm not the most organized person. Hello again. Undiagnosed ADHD. But things like that he would always be like see this is why you can't be alone see sierra you can't be alone with him because look at what you just did here you forgot about this super important thing that you were supposed to do with him and like what's going to happen next time i'm not here to remind you
0: but if you're constantly feeling like you're never capable of it are you ever going to even feel confident enough to try
1: what exactly yeah which i did eventually this guy sucks. I hate him so much. <laughs> so bad. I hate him so, much. so, stage three melts directly into stage four, which is gaslighting, which I just talked about. Fair Again, enough. go back and listen. But here, if you don't want to, here's a little snippet. There's so much, though, on gaslighting, which is why I encourage you to listen to the whole thing. But the narcissist will tell you that their unhappiness is all your fault. Um, if you would only do exactly as they say, the way that they want it, then they could love you the way that they used to. Um, They'll aim to make you doubt your own perception of reality, and they want you to accept their interpretation of what reality really is. Um, Things like, I didn't say that. You always make up things. You've got it wrong. That didn't even happen. You definitely told me that, despite you knowing the exact truth of the situation, is gaslighting. For me, almost every single time physical abuse happened, we were both drinking that fueled that even more because he would be like i would mention it the next day and he would be like are you insane you're drunk like that didn't happen you did fall that was your fault Mm -hmm. and i wasn't always that drunk but then i was like fuck maybe um, what if i was you know like i couldn't i couldn't fully remember if it was the way that i remembered it and then i started to feel crazy like maybe he's right nobody ever witnessed it yeah except until the one time that they did. And I knew I wasn't crazy. And I'm like, but to this day, if you asked him, if anybody asked him, he would say that that didn't happen. There are witnesses that saw it happen. And he will still say that it didn't happen, that I'm being dramatic, that it didn't happen like that. I went to the hospital and had a broken nose. It was x-rayed. It is documented. Yeah. Didn't happen. See, and it's difficult, too, because having
0: the mental health disorders that we have Mm -hmm. severely impacts our memory. Yes. And so I feel like at times people can use that as well. Like if there's a, there's going to be um, a bonus episode coming out with my sister. And during that episode, she told me about a really horrible thing that I had done to her. Um, And so like, I know that there are things that I have done Mm -hmm. that I don't remember. I know that I have blocked them out. I know that there's been things done to me that I don't remember. But it's difficult, and I think sometimes people can use Mm -hmm. the fact that we struggle with memory loss um, against us to invalidate our very real experiences. Exactly.
1: And on the flip side of that, that exactly is why I have forgiven him so many times. Because when I talk about Jekyll and Hyde, in those moments that... The abuse was occurring. Um, I would look into his face and he was not the person that I saw every single day. The person that was my best friend. The way he looked at me was like also a lot of times he was like blackout drunk. That didn't help. But but the way that he looked at me was like he hated me like he would have killed me if that were possible. And I was like, I don't know who you are. Your your eyes are black. Like he became this person that I have never seen before, and I didn't want to see again. But at the time, I used that to excuse it because I was like, "It wasn't him; it was this person." Yeah, that took up. So a lot of times when the, when the part would come back, which I think this is, hold on, stage five control is set. You feel like your only chance of going back, to, getting back to happy, comforting feelings, is to stage one. You do things their way. Um, but. That this is a lot of times the love bombing cycles through almost all of these stages. So when they know that they're losing their grip, the love bombing will start again. And then you're like, oh, shit,
0: here yeah. you go. You're right. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: you're back. So every time that physical abuse happened for me or I found him cheating, this love bombing would occur and it got grander and grander every time. And he would make more and more. Well, yeah, because he knew I was. Gonna, I did leave several times. I left and stayed other places and was like getting my stuff out. I'm having a
0: hard time breathing, so if I keep, like, turning away... For those watching, if I keep turning away from the camera, like, every five seconds, it's because I have to listen to this, and I hear myself <laughs> breathing heavy, so I'm trying to, like, breathe off of the microphone, and yeah. I'm having a panic attack, so it's very hard to breathe. <laughs> so I'm, like, just...
1: I did have an acid reflux burp into the mic. I <laughs> like, tried to get off. I I tried to get away fine. from it. fine. But um, it came up so fast, so I was like... So if you hear that, apologies. (laughs) Anyways, um, that love bombing when you do what they say or whatever. So when you don't leave, like I did, they'll dangle that in front of you. I remember the last time he said, "I won't drink anymore. That is my promise to you. I will not drink." And he went nine months truly Mm -hmm. without drinking, and then the very next time that he drank, he drank so much that he broke my nose that Mm -hmm. night, and amongst other things that you know whatever but for me i was like god damn it was for 9 months the love bombing happened again and he was doting on me he bought me th- oh my god did he buy me things yeah. financially i was like pretty much dependent on him he was buying everything for me paying for all my bills um he knew i hated my job and he used that to his advantage a lot because he would be like just call off just call off yep. spend the day with me i'll take you out and we'll do these things that he knew i wanted to do i'll pay your bills for this month don't worry about it take it off Well, for me, I was like, fucking yeah, because I would rather hang out with you. At that point, we were so good that that sounded amazing to me.
0: And you got such horrible panic attacks going to work that you were like, I don't want to go there anyway. If I now have this insurance that I'm I'm going to have everything covered financially, I won't go.
1: Yep. But then what an an escape, but it was a trap. Yeah, because then every single time I wanted to leave, I knew I couldn't because he, he had me financially he had me
0: mine tried to use that as well Mm -hmm. he used money yes to try to get me to leave college like you don't even need to work look at this job that i have i have a home for us i have all of this stuff you i will pay for everything yep and i was like sounds good to me
1: that sounds perfect Mm -hmm. no it wasn't because they used that as control and then it's like why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing this I come home, the least you could have is fucking dinner ready and the dishes. I've been working all day, you paying all your bills, blah blah blah. He blah, tried
0: blah. he tried to get my friends from college to like him so much that he left a like 60-inch television oh. in our dorm room lounge. huh He left it there and every time he would come up, he'd buy everyone pizza. Uh-huh. He would supply them with weed, which at the time like I had never even seen <laughs> weed before. Yeah. I um had always said, like, I never wanted to date someone who smoked weed. I was raised very strict Catholic, so like, I never even wanted someone who smoked a cigarette. Meanwhile, Shane was like, all the time, <laughs> he right. doesn't anymore. But, um, whenever I found out, they were like, Oh, you don't think he smokes weed? He supplies it for everyone. And I was like, He what? does, he's like, Yeah, he's got a bottomless canister. And I'm like, Who is this person? Yep, who Same. is this person? I thought
1: my mind was selling harder drugs than that, and I was like, What? there's like a whole different life and so you're like who who, who are you? Yes. Literally that would be, when i found out about that i was like who the fuck are you?
0: Whenever and i think i've told this before whenever um we had like one of our last big blowouts um and the police got called to my dorm room well as campus cops but they threatened to call the real police <laughs> cuz he wouldn't open the door. Yeah. Um he was texting um Drew's mom in quotes which Drew's mom was dead. Um, He was actually texting Drew's sister. (gasps) And they were, I was like, you are texting some nasty things to Drew's mom. (laughs) And I remember he wouldn't let me out of the dorm room. And he kept saying, you're not going to make them hate me. Like you've made everyone else hate me. Uh-huh. you're not going to turn them on me. I'm like, I didn't turn anyone on you. You being exactly who you are right has made now, people hate you. They hate you. Yeah, that's they the developed
1: their own conclusions of you. And if they don't like what they see, that's not my fault. And truly the reason why I have kept quiet for as long as I have is because I I was afraid that I would make him people hate him. Guess what? It's not my fucking responsibility. Right. You did it. Right. All I'm saying is the truth and if you're not happy with what happens because people know the truth that's not my fucking fault. Right. You did it. Right. So take accountability for your actions. Apologize. Move on. Whatever the fuck you have to do. Get help. But it is not my responsibility to save your ass anymore. Right. And I'm not going to do it. Right. I'm not going to be quiet. Not at the
0: expense of yourself. No. Hell
1: no. Hell no. Because stage six is loss of self. Mm. Things get worse, not better. And you resign yourself to just accepting the abuse. Should you fight back, that will intensify their abuse. Stage six is where you are entirely confused, miserable, and your self-esteem is at an all-time low. I call this stage the eggshell stage. This was a stage where I felt like I was constantly walking on eggshells, doing everything I couldn't. Go to someone's house because I was afraid that he was going to find out and that would for some reason make him mad, even though he was friends with this person too. Yeah. I couldn't wear, um, I don't know, certain things, certain places. I couldn't go to my mom's house because he knew that my mom had supplied me with shelter last time. Yep. And if he found out that I was talking to my mom, he was going to be really mad. In this point, you basically become a shell of a well, human
0: being. Well, I was going to say, how many times have I told you when it got to that point Mm -hmm. that I didn't know who you were. No, like it was was. weird to be around you because it was like you were acting. And that was one of the things I said to you with Corey, when you and Corey came to our house and we played like card games and stuff. And we went out to dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't realize that was the first time I I had met him before. But like, well, yeah, was but my like, first time interacting met with you him guys with as yeah.
1: my boyfriend. Yeah. But
0: I remember saying to you like I've never experienced you with a guy mm-hmm. so yourself. Yes, you were you again, yeah. and I was like,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it just felt really good to feel like I knew you were yourself and you were happy, and that I had my best friend back, yeah. and like. That you felt safe enough to be who you were. Yeah. And that who you were was enough and was beautiful and deserving of love. And that was just really
1: special. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Damn it. No, but truly, for the longest time, I felt like I had to be an actress. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had to be what they wanted me to be. Because if I wasn't, then they were leaving or... Hurting me. Right. And so at that point, I didn't realize until people say things who had known me my whole life, but they're like, that was the, you were not you. You were
0: a stranger to no, me. No, and yeah. I'm
1: embarrassed when I look back at the person that I was. But it's, fine. you should be proud of her. I, I am proud. Because, because she's a she, fucking survivor. And she got the fuck out of it. Yeah. She was so good at pretending that she was able to get away yes. and get away safely. And I'm proud of her for doing that because. You should be. That was that was the only reason I did it. I did it to survive. A round
0: of applause.
1: A round of Thank applause you. for my. And an Academy Award. <laughs> I could be a good actress, but it's sad because the people that you guys see that you guys love—that she was not there. I couldn't be funny because I wasn't allowed to be funnier than him. Right? Don't you can be funny around my friends, but don't be funnier than me because I have to be the funny guy. Right. I have to be the charming guy. Um, I wasn't allowed to dress the way that I wanted to th- you know, things like yep. that. Like I felt like I couldn't be politically who I really am. Like, cause if I said certain things, he was like that stupid. Blah, blah I mean, he cut down yeah. on things that I truly believed in. And when I say politically, what I really mean is like human rights kind yes. of things. Um that get wishes- politicized for no reason. Yes. Fucking a. So basically at this stage, you feel like you're an emotional corpse. You feel like you're dead inside. Um, Comparing to the person who, at stage one to the person at stage six is night and day. Yeah. Completely different people. Your dreams, your hopes, your goals, your desires all become mute at this point. I remember people being like, what do you want to do? after?" Because I know you don't want to serve. And I was just like, "I." at that point, I truly was just focused on surviving.
0: Yeah, you can't think about anywhere, anytime in the future because you're not sure if you're going to make it past tonight yes. you know i was
1: like i just want to be happy that yeah. was my goal i couldn't say that to people because they were like i thought you were happy i was really good at faking it yeah but um yeah the only thing the only thing you had you to want- because
0: if you gave any anyone any indication that you weren't happy it was a reflection on him and then he was going to get mad and then you would get hurt so you uh-huh. had to be happy, quote unquote. I had unquote. to
1: pretend that everything was perfect with us. Right. Anytime he got me anything, I had to post it on Facebook immediately mm-hmm. and gush. Oh my goodness.
0: I can think of so many posts that I remember reading and being like,
1: girl! no, He yeah. made me do it! And it's embarrassing when I see them now. Oh, me too. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gushing because he made me mashed potatoes. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> fucking, you put I, them in the microwave. The irony of today on my time hop, I had made a post on Facebook I like on so mine, long ago, ago. that says so-and-so cheats at air hockey and i remember you screenshotting it and sending it to me and going yeah that's not the only thing you cheats at
1: <laughs> and then karma was like now you're gonna get cheated on a lot of years yeah. oh funny joke <laughs> and i was like that's mm, fair." i also want to say that too because i'm talking a lot about the physical abuse because it is what stuck with me the longest but at that moment, the emotional abuse that happened with the cheating was really what made me this. And emotional
0: abuse can be just as damaging as it's, physical sometimes abuse. Sometimes I
1: think it's worse because mm. this loss of self was purely emotional. It was not because of the physical abuse. That was all. It healed. This did not heal. Right. Like I felt constantly like I wasn't good enough like i wasn't smart enough i mean i i'll say that a hundred times but it's truly because he made me feel like i was nothing compared to these other girls yeah which is because i'm the fucking shit (laughs) so yeah you are what's up stage seven is addiction um your family and friends are concerned about you you feel terrible about the situation but you can't leave because your abuser is now everything to you all you can think about is winning back their affection and validation so to
0: it, me, I had to, because yeah. if I didn't, then everyone was, oh God, then everyone, everyone was, was right.
1: right. And there's a pride factor to it. Mm-hmm. I, there really is a pride. And it meant that I was a
0: failure yes. because I couldn't. I didn't
1: want to be a liar. Mm-hmm. I didn't want people to be right about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was too proud to be like, no, I need help. I could fix it.
0: Yeah. I can make it better. That's, this is just a rough patch. Like, I big, will figure it out.
1: There's a big part in this where it says that a lot of um, victims are people who think they can fix the person that they're with and if that's what you're thinking right now if all of this is you're hearing this you cannot fix them it's not your job no and no amount of not at the expense of yourself no you don't you don't deserve it and they don't deserve it honestly yeah let them be a piece of shit that's what i had to do i see things people send me things and they're like did you see the Mm -hmm. what he's doing on social media and it's embarrassing first of all but (laughs) second of all i'm just like that's not my problem anymore yeah that's not my problem i don't care if he's making himself look bad i don't care if he's making other people feel bad i mean i do yeah but like i I can't do anything about it that's just who he's gonna be his success
0: is not my success his fail is not my fail nope like i cannot be responsible or connected to any of it yeah and that was something that was really hard for me i wanted i he was supposed to go to the same college as me he Mm -hmm. got in because i filled out his application (laughs) um and i did his homework and i got him to graduate like yeah but he blamed me yeah he ended up not going Mm -hmm. i don't know why yeah i don't remember why but he ended up not going And then he blamed me for him not going. Mm. And now I was responsible for the fact that he didn't go to college. And so like if he was unsuccessful, ultimately it was my fault. Right. And so I had to make sure that he was successful because that meant I didn't fail him. And it's like, why the fuck am I responsible for whether this ship sinks or swims? Exactly. While I am drowning.
1: Yes. There were so many moments like that for us, uh, but just in like social aspects. It was like if we went out and he wasn't the center of attention because people were talking to me because guess what, guys? I'm kind of a likable person. I'm a sometimes. fucking delight. I, so, like, But like if that happened, he would be furious like when we got home that it wasn't attention on mm-hmm. him. On, and then he had to berate me because it was like, no, I have to put you back down here. Yep. Because people were had fun with me. Yep. It's just fucking bizarre but that's the thing too it wasn't always like that there were times when we went out and he was fucking great when when he was sober for all those months he was my dd freaking everywhere and i felt so bad because i was like this person has a legit problem with drinking alcohol and here he is offering to dd me and my friends everywhere we wanted mm-hmm. to go that love bombing man there was so much of it where not i Still to this day, I feel bad talking badly about him. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, but what about all those things he did? Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. God, this is I'm. You're seeing it in real time right now. But yeah. I want you guys to see that, like, I've been gone for four years, and before that, we were just like in each other's lives, but we hadn't dated for probably five years. Right. We, for that last whole year, we were not quote unquote dating, but we were still in each other's lives very heavily. And I relied on him for a place to stay. Yeah. So, um, he like oh sorry, <laughs> what did you guys think about those <laughs> <laughs> surprise? Sorry, We never make an appearance. <laughs> Let your go out. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> right. That's okay. Um, but there, there's he also. I, the reason I felt so guilty when I broke it off was that he wouldn't just love on me like you said. Yep. He would love on my son. He mm-hmm. would buy Noah. Oh my God, did he buy him so many things? And so when I left, Noah was devastated. Yeah. And that was hard for me because I didn't know how to explain that this person was a good person to you, but not a good person to me. And that's eventually how I explained it. Like he was, I know that he loved you. I know that you loved him, but he was not a nice person to mommy. And I, mommy doesn't deserve that. Right. No, it was also five when it happened. So it was hard to explain that to him. And I was supposed to be lying (laughs) to him. Yeah. What was I to do? He went to a farm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. But... He would do the same thing to my family members. Like I remember giving him a second chance, because he wrote letters to my mom and my dad apologizing, and Mm -hmm. my sister, "I'm so sorry." And it was I love her more than anything. I know I messed up, and he would. In Mm -hmm. those moments, he would admit that he was the one at fault. But only in those moments.
0: You know he who he never said a damn word to? I
1: know. And isn't that funny? It's almost mm-hmm. like he could tell that you could smell through the bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he never said a fucking word to no. me.
1: No, I think he was intimidated by you, which is... I, I hope so. Like, because ever since we've been hanging out a lot, he... <laughs> I mean, he has <laughs> never tried to contact me really anyways. Yeah. But like, he doesn't really... Mm-hmm. We kind of just coexist. Yeah. In the same place, which is kind of terrible, but whatever. <laughs> um, no. I want I don't think that he's a bad I I'm tr- struggling here because as much as I want to say I think he's a bad person. He was a bad person to you? He was. And but I don't want people to hate him because I hope that he does well. I truly do.
0: I hope he gets better. That's what I hope. And I hope he doesn't hurt anyone I else. I agree. So do I. And if people draw their own conclusions, they can draw their own conclusions. For sure. That's um, not your responsibility to bear.
1: Yeah. At this stage. <laughs> Never. It's highly probable that you're cut off from your family and friends, but that doesn't stop you from feeling awful about not being able to see them. Even if it was your choice to cut them off, it's likely that it was your abuser that was the driving force behind your choice. You may miss your family, friends, and the life you left behind, and the guilt and shame you feel about it can be all-consuming all, con- all consuming at times. Mm-hmm. But this is what the abuser has strived for. This point is what they wanted all along. Your addiction to them. This means they have power and control that they strive for. And they know pretty much nothing and nobody can take you away from them. Also, they can pretty much do whatever they want at this point. Because you have nowhere to go and no one to turn to. They can hurt you, lie, cheat. They can be insanely toxic. And you'll still stick around and endure it. Because you have no other choices at this point. So this is where their goal has been achieved. Um, you may be asking yourself, how is it possible that this can happen to you? I'm a sane, logical, intelligent, and functional person. I used to say that all the mm-hmm. fucking time. Well, I'm
0: smart. Why would this happen to me? I remember whenever um, the Glass Bowl incident happened, mm-hmm. um, I remember saying to Shane, we would make fun of people. Yes for making up these stories. Yes. I feel terrible that I ever mocked anyone for that situation. Again,
1: but I was like I was to like, say that just because I know that there are still people to do it and I want to be like you can change your mind. It's not too late. Yes. We thought the same thing. Until you're fucking in it, yep. you don't realize you think how dumb this person yes. is. This person is actively hurting them and they're covering up for them. Yep. They're smarter than this. Yes. But here's the thing. It has nothing
0: to do with how intelligent you are.
1: No. It comes from understanding the core of the dynamics of how we humans react to the combination of dependency and abuse coupled with something that's called intermittent reinforcement, which we'll probably talk about on the next Yeah, we're going to,
0: this, we've just decided this has to be a part two. Yeah, because there's still
1: so much to go. So, so please tune in for the next one, but in which we will be covering, accepting intermittent reinforcement, which is a little bit more of the science behind it but then also we're going to be covering the five stages of accepting that you're in one and and then how to get out how to get out hopefully
0: so that's on part two that's coming out next week yes
1: okay so so i'm sorry that was heavy i hope it helped at least um if you feel like you're in it if you feel like you here's the thing too even if you're not in it i feel like we all know somebody
0: yeah I hope you were able to validate yourself if this was something you believed you could potentially be struggling with, but yeah. you felt like it's not that bad. Because that was always the thing yes. that I would tell myself is, it's not that bad. Well, I would compare it to the worst broken, situation. Yeah, I
1: literally didn't think. I was like, he doesn't hit me. Sure, he shoves me around a little bit. And that was the thing. He never closed fist punched me. Yeah, So to me, I was like, I'm not getting abused. Right. He doesn't punch me in the face. But I was being sent to the hospital every freaking right. other month. Well, and whenever I would talk about
0: my abuse because i was never hit was i pushed yeah yes was i grabbed in a way that i shouldn't have been grabbed yeah was um things punched near my body to uh, strike fear in me Mm -hmm. yeah was a lot of it verbal and emotional yeah so like i felt like because it wasn't close fist whatever because i was never sent to the hospital because xyz i invalidated my experience and that i didn't have the right to say it one day he lives near me Walked past his house and there was a dog, a stray dog. out. It was a puppy Uh. and I didn't know what to do. And this puppy was like running around and I knocked on their door. (gasps) I knew he wasn't home. Okay. And I have seen his partner out before and her and I have like waved to each other because our kids talk. Yeah. I don't think she knows who I am, but like our kids, because kids don't know any better they're like, hi. (laughs) So I knocked on the door because it came from their yard. I wanted to be like, is this your dog? And I was telling um, my friend like, oh my God, that was so terrible. Like it was so uncomfortable. I didn't know what to do. And she was like, can we not breeze past the fact that you had to knock on your abuser's door? And I sat there like, oh my God. No one has ever said that to me. Like no one has ever addressed him as my abuser yes. before and like validated me yes. in that way. And yeah, uh, yeah, that was triggering <laughs> for me in yeah. a way that like I didn't realize. Well, but. even my
1: heart started beating fast when you, when you were saying that. And I was like, you fucking went up to his door. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Today, I was in pet, I was at We Love Pets because you know, I, have, yeah. I love my because pets. Because we love pets. Yeah. And I saw a person whose profile or I mean the side view of them looked exactly like him and I swear I went and hid in an aisle mm. and like was waiting until they came out to see if it was him it wasn't yeah. but I was like I'm a 30 year old woman and I'm pregnant yeah. and I'm sitting here hiding because I'm afraid yep. like what is he going to do to me in the store but just the thought of seeing him scared the shit out of me yep well well Um, Yeah, Like we said, we hope this validated
0: you guys in a way or allowed you to accept, maybe move toward acceptance. And And if
1: you're someone who's not in one, um, but you know somebody who is, I hope that this gave you a little bit of understanding and perspective, because I know a lot of times it's easy to be the friend that's like, what are you doing? You're being dumb. This isn't who you are. And just know that like, this isn't who they are. And there's a reason behind it. And it might take time but if you can offer resources or 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 just this even yeah get them this book have them read it yeah so yeah thank you guys yeah
0: (laughs) we're that (laughs) um thank you guys for hanging out with us we will put out part two sorry that this is a part two we don't normally do that but we've already seen that this is a very long episode and this is really important we didn't want to shorten it in any way so um part two will be coming out next week thank you so much for hanging out with us um we love you so much we will see you next week.
1: That's the that on. <laughs> Trauma, Trauma bonding? bonding. Yeah, yeah. All right, All right. we're okay. out. Goodbye.